Welcome to the Heathen's Guide to Life, a show where this opinionated jerk and his little brother give our take on how to live your best life. I am Kay Ibigmati. What's up, world? I'm Kayla Sean. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in. You are in for a very interesting ride. The word heathen in this universe called the Heathen's Guide to Life is actually an endearing term. A heathen is simply someone who lives their life unapologetically according to a belief system and a code of conduct that works for and makes sense to them, irrespective of what others might think or feel. Make sure you check us out on our brand new website, theheathensguide.com, for your one-stop shop to all things heathen. You can find the full archive of our show, as well as our line of t-shirts and sweatshirts. Our titles are Heathen, our signature, Curate Your Squad, Live Unapologetically, Love Unapologetically, and my personal favorite, Fuckboys Will Be Fuckboys. I smell some new titles coming soon. Oh yeah, I got a few in mind. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> you can also connect with us on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. So go search for The Heathen's Guide to Life and follow and subscribe. Please, 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 please. Leave a comment and share with your network. Those comments go really, really, they go really far. Marnie. Hi. Hi. What's going on with your life this week? Um, you know, it's been it's been a fun week. It's been a really busy news week, though. So much stuff going on. Oh, my God. Wise. I cannot wait. And I'm like, yo, this stuff is really just, I don't want to give it away. But, yeah, we, we're going to have a fun show today because, can I tell them? Can I tell them? Can I tell them? Sure. This is our Hot Topics episode. Can I just say how much I love when we do Hot Topics? (laughs) Me too. I'm so so excited. I couldn't hold it. I wish we could like do a Hot Topic show all the time, but that's not our brand. Uh, It's a Wendy Williams thing. (laughs) But she stole it from The View, so it's it's for everybody. Have I ever said that I actually patterned a lot of this show after Wendy Williams? Uh, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that because I'm always trying to take it the opposite direction. What it is, is I think about like how, inter- like the structure, the mm-hmm. kind of entertainment value. And mm-hmm. I, although this is radio and podcast, I do kind of see this, I imagine it being on television. Ooh. So I act accordingly. Mm. <laughs> I get my tits done then. Be like Wendy. <laughs> get ready for the big screen. <laughs> but yeah, my week has been fun. Uh, again, I've been really focusing on my creative side. I think it's something about retrograde or something, whatever that is. It's just really had me tapping in to um, my inner creativity. What? What's the word? Creativity. Inner creativity? I was going to say my inner creative creativity. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking about tits. Uh, what's your world been like this week? I have had a pretty, another pretty regular week. Um, nothing out the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to encourage folks, if you're flying on United Airlines, mm-hmm. to pay, pay attention um, in the month of March to um, the in-flight video called Three Perfect Days Nork, where me um, and two other hosts, my sister Marcy DePina, and another local influencer named Christmas. Um, we were hosts of this travel show for um, Hemispheres. Um, also, what came out in the Hemispheres magazine, which is United Airlines' uh, travel mm-hmm. magazine, was a great, great, great cover story um, about Newark. So, 
me and um and so we did the kind of the video portion um about kind of highlighting like Newark as destination and then the magazine article was was about you know all the gems of Newark and the cover of it is this beautiful picture of the Newark Museum um and I forget how beautiful I'm sorry of the Newark Library okay okay and I forget how beautiful our library is it really is nice it really is really nice and so that was really cool um also I'm quite 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 excited that daylight savings time has started Wow, oh, because that means spring is almost here. Spring is here. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm all about not complaining about it being cold when we're in the Northeast in the winter. Yeah. But I'm just ready for like longer days. I'm ready to like, I need my tan back. I'm ready to be naked. Just, can I show some skin? Anyway. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine, 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 fine. So, um, let's go into, oh, actually, oh, sorry. Okay. Do you have anything else okay. to add, Kamar? I do. Um, how my titties looking? Big. <laughs> That's it. All right, let's jump into the show. This week, The Heathens Got to Life is all about hot topics. Ooh. There is so much going on in pop culture and the news, and we have some strong opinions about them. <sighs> and we're going to start off with this fucking R. Kelly shit. Mm. Robert. 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 <laughs> that Gail King interview was everything. It was everything. Yo. It was so, like, I really appreciate it. Um, Gail's demeanor. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that she kind of, while he was wilding out, how she kind of just sat there yeah. and just like held her own and wasn't swayed by all of his histrionics. Real professional. With um, it. What stood out to me the most about um, that interview is actually two things stood out and it was kind of contradictory. Okay. His body language in the interview was, he was very open. And mm -hmm. when you're open like that, you know, his legs were open. He was leaning in towards Gail. Um, and he seemed like he was really being, well, his body language suggested that he was being truthful. But we know him was lying through the whole damn thing. And <laughs> I, put, I put emphasis on when he was saying, um, you know, I beat that case. Like when, like when Gail was challenging him about these allegations. He didn't say I was innocent. He never said I, was, he never said I didn't do it. He said I beat, I beat that case. case. That's old and stuff. you can't double jeopardy me. Mm. What that tells me is that he did the shit. Mm. And yes, we all know how the law works that you can be guilty as fuck if you have good counsel who really understands like nuances of the law that you can get you can be the case like that mm. and he had a great fucking like lawyer which we got to come to that wow because that lawyer now on his deathbed what said he said? What he r said. kelly was guilty as hell mm -hmm. and which goes to show like the fucking moral ambiguity of lawyers yes. but that's beside the point yeah um, i mean he has a job to do and yeah. he's like you know what i don't have to worry about the attorney client privilege anymore you know because i'm dying well also he's the privilege only lasts as long as that person is your client. Mm -hmm. I do question his integrity though, because you know he kind of is. Well, actually, he didn't say he didn't say anything. He didn't give anything away. Um, that actually been he did though. He said that he convinced R. Kelly to go to a special doctor to get those shots that lower your libido. Yeah. Because he was saying like, man, you you got to get something control. So um, this Gail King interview is really doing something for the culture. And I say that because we always thought of her as Oprah's best friend, you know, at least I did. Yeah. I never really understood that she had a background in journalism, but mm -hmm. like long before Oprah. And um, before the, Oprah, Oprah's been, Oprah's was in journalism in the 80s. Well, maybe same time. I don't know. Okay. 
but um, it's reminding me that hey, it's, this woman has absorbed a lot from Oprah, and if you um, talk, if you watch them talk, they, it's kind of similar. They move their mouth the same way. Right. Right. But you know, like friends, like when you're that close to each other, yes. like you mimic each other's like expressions. Before, um, I want to also add about the R. Kelly interview, because um, I watched the whole thing, the whole 45 minute interview. Mm. But those girlfriends of his. Oh my goodness. That are young enough to be his children. They defended the hell out of him. They did, but they really did seem brainwashed. And what it is, is um, I, excuse me, they just kind of spat back out. Um, a lot of the same words that he said, mm-hmm. and when um, um, when the interview aired on on CBS, Gail mentioned he was in the room. Mm-hmm. He wasn't supposed to be. In the he room. wasn't supposed to be, but he was in the room, and then he would like loudly <coughs> at certain points in the interview mm-hmm. to assert that he was there yeah. and to make sure that those girls, um, women, but they're really girls, right. um, were in line. And the fact that they said the exact same things that he did in a, in a couple of instances um, about how the, the lies and you're stupid and da 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 it just goes to show. I really hope that after all this is said and done, that in five years, whatever, when they're out of his spell, that they come clean and they realize, like, they were really under a fucking spell. But see, now that's the issue, though, because once the victims or the alleged victims do change their story, we judge them. We talk about their credibility. We talk about, you know, well, you must have been lying um, then. You probably lying again. I think it's really tough to um, to just all of a sudden, like, you know what? I was I was brainwashed. I was right. But there's something to be said for victims like that. I mean, how many times do we hear about uh, about women who are abused, like people who, who suffer from people who suffer people who are in who are in domestic violence relationships? Mm-hmm. They protect the man. They a protect lot. the man. Yeah. It's like what's like it's called like um, I think it's called like yeah it's called Stockholm syndrome. Mm. Thank you. Um, you you you're in it. Yeah. And you don't really you you really aren't yourself. You um, know what? There was a part <clears throat> when she interviewed the girls, and she was like, "So what do you guys want to do? What do you want to do with your life?" Like they said something to the effect of, "I don't know, but whatever it is, Robert's going to take care of us, and we're going to take care of I don't remember that part. Yes. See. See. I was like, that is like classic brainwash talk. See. And, you know, like you said, he seemed like he was open and honest, but, you know, that's manipulation. It you is. Know? Like, it if, is. If you know how, if you know what people are looking for, they say, oh, he must be telling the truth. I'm a cry. I'm a scream. I was, I'm get emotional. I was really annoyed with him. And it just goes to show the level of control that he does. Like, nobody can have that many allegations against you over all these years. And everybody is lying. Well, and he's the victim. The problem with that is, I've thought about this a lot. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Very true. But when people see something that they can latch on and hold against you, it is easy for folks to just jump in and come on the bandwagon and say, oh, yeah, I saw this. Oh, yeah, he did this. But here's the thing. Um, what's coming out now about like his being controlling and the sex slavery and all that stuff, that wasn't out in the media before. No. That was that's something that we only heard about recently. Mm-hmm. So how are these women who 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 experienced that years ago that never came forward now that, that they're here and they, and they didn't know each other have the same story. Yeah. So that's not a, a case of people like parroting um the things that they've heard. True. Because back in the early two thousands all we heard about is him um you know, being a whore, of course, mm-hmm. and um, having to think for underage girls. So we didn't hear about the controlling nature that he has. So but he tried to spin it like it was. Yeah. But he's yeah. not paying attention to like those that are attentive to mm-hmm. timelines. Mm-hmm. This wasn't out before. So fuck him. But right. going more about R. Kelly, 
um, he was, you know, arrested last week um, because of child support, being being behind in child support to his ex-wife, um, um, Andrea Kelly, for $161,000. And some bitch... <laughs> Bailed him bitch. out again. We don't it's know. It's probably a bitch. It's probably a fuck. I'm a, no, he's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, put up sixteen thousand dollars because you have to because in in bail you have to put up um ten percent of the of the bail amount. Somebody put up his bail again. So some woman who claimed she was a friend bailed him out the first time for hundred thousand dollars. Now somebody else, some angel benefactor, mm-hmm. bailed him out again. Like, it was, he's he must be really charming. <laughs> I think it's it's really I mean I don't know there's there has to be some truth here you something know? there has to be something here and we don't know what it is but I just commend him for actually coming out while this is happening because the thing that I hate the most is when people just want to be quiet and say you know I'm innocent I'll put out a PR statement but they don't want to come out and confront the issue um, sometimes it does more harm than good but for us as consumers it's good like yes good TV it was good TV but I, I, I question I question um, his crisis management mm-hmm. people because um, I think the interview with Gail solidified his guilt in my opinion I just think Gail is winning here I read something saying that she said she wants reportedly she wants George Stephanopoulos money I don't think she's there I'm just saying if she keeps getting these good interviews maybe she can use that as leverage yeah George Stephanopoulos has been an anchor I mean has been like the face of um, ABC News for years and years and years Mm -hmm. and she's been an anchor on on ABC on on, CBS, I think. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. On CBS News for a few years. <laughs> so I don't know. I I mean, I don't. Yes, I think getting interviews like this definitely catapults her in terms of her um, credibility as, mm-hmm. a, as a leading journalist. Right. But I don't think George money yet. I don't know who I read even, that, but it was even like Rob, even like Robin Roberts' money yet. Like mm-hmm. I don't think she's been on the on the major network news that long yeah. to have to command that yet. But you know, I want her to win. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on about 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 um R. Kelly. Wait, wait, we have to talk about the new crying. Meme. Oh my god, the crying <laughs> meme. Oh my god, it's every, it is everything. It it it, it is re, it is replacing that Michael Jordan crying meme, but. R. Kelly is better. It's so much like it is like real. Like he's it's real. He was crying. He was crying real tears. He was crying real tears. So I know we can't spend too much time on this, but his brother gave an interview recently. His name is Carrie Kelly. This is the and one that's in that's in jail. Or out of jail. He's out of jail. But he's he, they're they're strange. But he said he's afraid for his brother. For one, he believes his brother's guilty. Yeah. Okay. But he said he's he's afraid because he knows that his brother can't face jail time. He said he's gonna crack. He's going to kill himself, and he's literally um, not going to survive it because he's so used to being control. Let him. He's so used to being controlling, and he's so used to being able to manipulate the situation. He said he's not going to survive in there. Good. That was like maybe um, two, three weeks ago. So the fact that now he's come out and he's unraveling in front of us, it shows, it goes a little bit to his credibility because he was right. He can't take it. Good. He crying on TV. Good. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing the intervention man cry. Oh, sorry, he died. Oops, sorry, 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 We got to talk about Michael Jackson. So, Finding Neverland. Leaving Neverland. I like Finding Neverland. Finding Nemo. So, I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it, and I could not find a reason to care about it. I just, I can't care. No, me either. It wasn't as compelling for me as Surviving R. Kelly. Like, I was into that from, like, the first five Mm. minutes. And I tried to watch Leaving Neverland. 
tried to watch it, and I just, I just, <laughs> no. Let's just I just call it Leaving Neverland for the rest of the show. Please. But it, no, it is Leaving Neverland. I said it right. <laughs> oh shit! Damn. Now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, try, I I didn't watch it. I lost interest in it. But my spirit just doesn't lead me. My spirit doesn't connect with it. Um, why so many allegations against Michael though? Well, I mean. Is that a situation where folks are jumping on the bandwagon? Well, I will say, well, there's smoke, there's fire, and I'm going to get to that. Mm-hmm. But it was, there was years upon years upon years of exhaustive investigating mm-hmm. on the federal level. Yeah. And no evidence of sexual abuse was found of any kind against Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Both of the subjects of Leaving Neverland were included in that in that investigation. Um, they had to have been if they previously um, were part of any of that. So they were part of that investigation and nothing came back. Wade Robson um, testified in 2005 when he was 23 years old mm-hmm. that nothing inappropriate happened between him and Michael Jackson. Yeah. When Michael Jackson died in 2009, he wrote a tribute. And I quote, Michael Jackson changed the world, and more personally, my life forever. He is the reason I dance, the reason I make music, and one of the main reasons I believe in the pure goodness of humankind. He has been a close friend of mine for 20 years. Now, when he wrote that tribute in 2009, he was 27 years old. Mm. So you can't claim that he was under the influence that he was young, that he was whatever. So why is it that now, nine years later, he's changing his story? You know, it's um, it's really confusing because, again, you all we, we tend to want to believe the victim no matter what. When someone says something happened to them, you genuinely want to believe them. But things like this make it hard. He mm. makes he's making it really hard. And um, I, I'm, I haven't been really following his case in particular, mm-hmm. but it seems like when Michael was alive, of course, it was good to be associated with him of in 2005. Course. So, you know, I'll, I'll sit there, I'll be on your side. And when he died, everybody just was missing him doing tributes. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he was like, oh, well, this is what the hot thing is right now. Let me jump on and use my connection so that I can get some clout. And now that he's dead, you know what? The Me Too movement got you feeling like you got to do the right thing. It it doesn't look good. There was this really uh, this really interesting article that um, that I read on Forbes.com called "What You Should Know About the New Michael Jackson Documentary." It came out the end of January Mm -hmm. um, when it was still being screened um, at Sundance, and it kind of detailed and it it wasn't a review of the documentary. It was um, kind of like a disclaimer. Actually, is at the top of the article that says the article is intended to be. Um, is intended to give context behind the allegations, and I encourage folks to read it. Um, and What's kind the of, title of the article? It's called um, "What You Should Know About the New Michael Jackson Documentary," oh, and okay. it's on Forbes.com. Mm-hmm. And I just let folks read it because I found, and it just reinforced why I don't plug into this documentary. Um, and I'm not trying to like victim shame. I just don't. I just don't really believe them, and that's kind of that's just my stance about it. <sighs> It's just so sad because this is a man who can't defend himself. Exactly. And that makes it problematic um, yeah. for me, at least. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm a big Janet Jackson fan who has been really quiet about all this. Because she's not giving that shit no power. Mm. And where's Latoya? Why she not talking? Because why? She's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the family just isn't give. The, the more the family talks out about it, 
the more it gives the story fire, the yeah, more it burns. But I will say, true. with the smoke, there's fire. And I do believe that when he was alive, because of the nature of his upbringing, that he probably had what we would look at as inappropriate relationships with kids. Mm-hmm. But he, he was stunted himself. Right. But, you know, whatever. I don't think any, I know, he's talk, he, he, he even talked about during um, his life how he would have sleepovers and all that. Yeah. And don't know grown man have sleepovers with, with, with kids. See, the thing, you can look at this two ways. You can say the fact that he was so candid about that stuff just goes to how innocent he was. Exactly, exactly. Or how sick he was. Maybe he just was too sick to even know that this is something you should not talk about, something that you should not do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, either way, RIP Michael, and, you know, best of luck to those alleged victims. Yeah, but the, but I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll, but before we, we move off this topic, I will say that um, the public has a tendency to be very forgiving to celebrities, you know, to music artists and athletes. So if we're going to cancel R. Kelly, you know, and folks who are going to cancel Michael Jackson, you know, his episode of The Simpsons was pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, radio <clears throat> stations in Canada pulled his music off their catalog. Yeah. But if we're going to cancel those folks, then we have to also cancel all these sporting teams that keep athletes on their roster after they've been convicted of domestic violence, yeah. right? Yeah. So we forgive all these football players and basketball players who fuck their wives and girlfriends up because, you know, whatever, they are into the sport. So it should be across the board. You know, that's a good point because a lot of people say that it's a racial thing, um, you know, because it's a black man, now we're going to target all these black people. Mm-hmm. But I think that could be a part of it. But the bigger thing is about where there's money. You know, yeah. going back to R. Kelly, when R. Kelly was lucrative to the record companies and to, you know, everybody, the powers that be, they made that shit go away. He looked the other way. You know, and, you know, he was able to get the right defense. He was able to, you know, go on the right shows to do whatever he had to do to make him come out as, well, not innocent, but as he said, to get uh, acquitted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that he's not, apparently he's broke and he's not making folks money no more. They're not checking for I don't him. know. So I, I just said that to add to, like you said, the football players, they're very, very profitable. Yeah. So it's in the business's best interest to protect them. And unless there's a public outcry about it, because um, <clears throat> a lot of this with canceling R. Kelly was because of the public outcry. So corporations, businesses, they have, they have to respond to their public. So there's no way that they can still maintain their business if they're still standing behind a person that has such a strong public outcry. And one more thing about this, it just, um, it gave me an idea for an upcoming episode because so much of these prosecutions in the public eye has come from social media. Yeah. Like one of the prosecutors in R. Kelly's case, she says she was reading the tweets and the Facebook posts about surviving R. Kelly, which made her want to actually watch it. And then she put out a call on social media for people who were victims, who think they know a victim, to reach out to her so she can make a case on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it really got me thinking about how powerful social media is and how you can really use your voice to um, support a cause or not support a call. Yeah. You know, but you, you do have power, people. So social media, it works. It does work. Yes. Um, so moving on. Wendy Williams, the queen of hot topics, is a hot topic. (laughs) Um, So she finally returned to the air last week. um, I haven't watched it. How is she? She's back on her usual self. I don't like that bob. It was cute at once. Okay, good. That's not her usual. She's back to her long blonde. You got too much body to have that little bit of hair. Oh, (laughs) come on. (laughs) 
That's why my hair gets bigger and bigger. Every time I gain a pound, my hair just gets bigger. Shut up. <laughs> yes, I can't. <laughs> Wendy needs some hair. But she's back on the air um, after having been gone for like two months, more than two months actually, because she was last seen on the air at the end of December. So strange. Um, and she, in, in the first, her first day back, um, she rambled on about her health and, you know, she and her family and I just said, this ring right here, it ain't going nowhere. So then she did touch on, <laughs> you know, the rumors and all that. And um, I think if you read between the lines, then you can hear that she kind of owned that something happened. Mm -hmm. She owned it in a way without saying anything about it. They're going to fight through it, basically. But like, basically, she's, you know, committed to her marriage mm -hmm. and... I don't know that. I guess that that could say something about you know her own kind of values, or it could be that she's just you know um, an abused woman. Okay, so this is what I'm going to say right here. Um, when it comes to a marriage, I think the reason why so many marriages fail or relationships fail is because their tolerance is so low, mm. and whether if it's your tolerance for you know um, how can I say it. Fuck it. Whether if it's your tolerance for being cheated on, whether if it's your tolerance for being beat, whatever it is, a lot of times your tolerance for certain bullshit is low. And a lot of times it's for the best, but sometimes it's like, yo, if you plan on sticking with this person forever, you have to work through whatever issues there are in your marriage. Yeah. When you get to a point where you can't do that anymore, some would say you got to work some more because you married that person and you believed in them at one time and you you're gonna give up on them now because they punch you in the face? Yeah. Probably should. Yeah. But I'm just saying though, like you, I think I think she's on to something here because if he cheated on her, whatever, that's the man you chose. You chose him for a reason. You probably knew that he was a cheater when you met him, but uh, he had some characteristics that you liked. Maybe he was a good fuck boy. Who knows? <laughs> whatever. But, I mean, she definitely like put up a picture of her back when she, you know, was much larger before she had her implants with surgery mm -hmm. and she was looking kind of basic and right. you know so I think it's something to be said uh, there's a certain kind of loyalty that she probably has to her yeah. husband because he was there for her you know in er, like earlier on in her journey her self esteem yeah. thing yeah. and he loved her in spite of I'm sure you know based on she's talked about you know her issues with her weight at that time oh, yeah. and the fact that, that he looked hard I mean, you know. They look like twins in the beginning, actually. Come <laughs> on. Her. her and her husband. But, um, so they, so I think, you know, he held her down at that time. Um, and, and, and I just want to say, I'm not saying that loyalty is any reason to stick with someone who's abusing you or treating you in a way that you don't want to be treated. But, you know, when you marry a person, it's a commitment. And I think it, it's my philosophy to fight as long as you can. Yeah. You fight until there's no more fight left in you. And that's my secret to staying um, happy in life. Okay. Um, another hot topic that I want to talk about is um, this whole, like, Jordan Woods and Khloe Kardashian. I didn't even know who Thomas Jordan thing. Woods was. We until didn't either. We didn't either. I mean, I guess if you watch the Kardashians, okay. I don't watch the Kardashians. Okay. But if you watch the Kardashians and you know that Jordan Woods... Um, was Kylie's best friend. Mm. So basically, you know, the story goes that um, at first, Chloe, you know, accused Jordan of breaking up their family because Jordan was spotted with Chloe's ex. Da, 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 da. 
think I was a scoundrel anyway. And she's yeah. a fucking donkey for staying with him after she cheated on him before. But that's beside the point. So, you know, Jordan was accused of cheating um, with um, Tristan Thomas, Thompson. Um, it can't. It turns out she didn't do that. She went on Jada Pinkett's um, Red Table Talk on Facebook and told her side of the story. And she owned that she was inappropriate, that she should have been in his house. Basically, she said that they were partying and then L.A., which is commonly known in L.A., you go to a party, then you go hang out at somebody's house, and that's what that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So she was at his house, and then, um, you know, he was there, but it wasn't anything. And then he kind of nestled next to her or whatever, and then apparently he kissed her in the mouth. Mm. She was like, whoa, right? Um, but that was, well, I believe that. Okay. that. But that was inappropriate, and she owned that. The thing is, um, that uh, that that episode of Red Table Talk was was had the highest was like the most watched um, thing on like Facebook Watch. Mm-hmm. Like you got like over like seven million people watched Damn. that interview, right? So good for Jada um, and her show. But um, of course, all the Kardashians um, ousted Jordan Woods from the family. They all unfollowed her. Whatever businesses that she had along with Kylie got canceled. That's and the mafia right there, yeah. It That's is. the Hollywood it mafia. Is. It is. But what just happened over the weekend is um, Kylie, because they were best friends since they were children. Oh. Um, Kylie and Jordan were best friends since they were children. And they were spotted having breakfast together. That's her friend. It's her okay. friend. It's her friend. And I think, but I think that, you know, um, there's certain loyalty there. And I think that you. She was like, it ain't my man. <laughs> I mean, I think that Kylie <laughs> believes her friend, yeah. you know, and she has to, there's a balance of like, you know, her loyalty to her, to her sisters, but also to her best friend. And um, I'm sure she's heard Jordan out and she's probably giving her a shot. And I doubt her sisters will ever um, talk to her again. Maybe not. But like, I, I think that's good that they were seen talking because um, I believe in friendship. And then again, it goes back to, hey, you got to fight for the relationships that you believe in. If your friend did something wrong, confront them, get to the bottom of it. But if that's really your friend, I don't think there should be any reason to really cut a friend off unless you just know that that's something you can't tolerate. Yeah. You know, like people break up and people um, quit friendships for the most silly reasons. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, seriously, work through it. it, it, it it's, a, it's a thing about endurance for me. Um, but a side note, Jada Pinkin and this Red Table Talk is really, really making moves. It really is. And I still don't understand how, um, where the money aspect comes from. It's like, how is she making money off of this? Because um, Facebook, um, <clears throat> they make money through the ads that play during the show. Okay. Right? So when a video on Facebook um, is, when, it's, when it has that kind of traction, when um, it starts getting all those views and mm-hmm. ads go in it. And those ads is what pay, is what's paying for it. Well, shit, we need to get some ads up on um, our website then. You know, let's do some video. Ooh, yeah. my favorite. You want to be seen now? <laughs> Anonymous? You know. Um, Let's talk about Jesse Smollett. Ooh. That's be, that has to be like our last hot topic because I have so much to say about him. Where are we with this now? It's so he was, evolving. so so last, um, on uh, Friday, this past Friday, mm-hmm. he was indicted on 16 felony counts of disorderly conduct. Now, do we know the difference between indictments and charges? So I think what happens is that he was charged, meaning that um, there was enough evidence um, that the police found that there was evidence to show that he committed a crime mm-hmm. and he was charged for that. Mm-hmm. Went to, he had to turn himself in, pay his bail and all that. The indictment came after, um, came after a grand jury 
saw that evidence and found that there was enough evidence to move forward with the trial. Ah, damn, that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Um, and I still will reserve. I still will reserve my judgment until everything comes out. And when you continue to say what I've been saying the whole time that I don't like how the story is unfolding, and something in the milk ain't clean. I like how Queen Latifah put it. She said, you know, he's a friend to her, and when it comes to judging him, she's going to believe that he's innocent until she sees some proof. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the um, road we should all kind of take. You know, we all have our um, opinions. You know, we all got that. But really, we haven't seen any proof this guy, that this guy is lying yet. Mm -hmm. And the police said that they have something there, but they haven't really shared everything yet. He did release a copy of a check that you know showed that he was actually paying them for an upcoming music video i believe for training training for his personal music training and and, and and that included the the cost of the training itself mm -hmm. um and the meal plan and that was yeah. detailed in the thing right so it's really um it's just so confusing and just stepping back a little bit i just wonder what would a person like jesse have to gain from lying about this it's the illuminati you know what? Can we have an episode on Illuminati? No. They scare me. No. Uh, um, like every time I watch those videos on YouTube, I get a little afraid. I'm just funny about like conspiracy theory stuff. Oh, I love a good conspiracy I mean, I do theory. believe that there's there's definitely something out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you talk about about like masonry and all that. There's something to be said for the like the underground societies of secrets. And think about how Solange just blew up out of nowhere. I think she took the oath. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Solange has a new album out. Have you heard it yet? It does nothing for me. You know, it's a mood, yo. I it like is. it. It was, you know what? I don't do well when um, an album sounds like one continuous track. It really does. So all the songs kind of bleed into each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a bad album. Um, there was just nothing that stood out to me the way... Um, the way the songs of A Seat at the Table did. Yeah. Or even like Tony or things like like her like her older music. Um, so, you know, but I, I I still support Solange for, you know, being a person for you doing what the fuck she wanna do. Exactly. You know? And so that's an artist to me. An artist yeah. is like, I'm here's here's my vibe, here's what I'm feeling. I'm that's what that's what I'm gonna do. Mm -hmm. I think when she put a seat at the table out, I think she was in a place where she was able to be contemporary. How do we get on Solange after talking about Justice Bobber? I just like her. <laughs> oh, come on. I like her. And um, it's all about control, and I have lots of it. <laughs> just driving the ship here. But I just feel like um, <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought, you Good. jerk. You so jerk. I'm, going back to Jesse, I'm going back to Jesse Smiley. Okay. I'm really not. I just want to read... Um, his attorney released a statement um, okay, good, good. following the indictment. What he said, and he says uh, the fact of an indictment was not unexpected. We knew that there was in no way. Wait, we knew that there in no way mm -hmm. they would expose their evidence to a public airing and subject their witnesses to cross examination. Mm -hmm. What is unexpected, however, is the prosecutorial is the prosecutorial overkill in charging 16 separate counts against Jesse. He continues. Uh, this redundant and vindictive indictment is nothing more than a, a desperate attempt to make headlines in order to distract from the internal investigation launched to investigate the outrageous leaking of false information by the Chicago Police Department and the shameless and illegal invasion of Jesse's privacy and tampering with his medical records. Jesse adamantly maintains his innocence even if law enforcement has robbed him of that presumption. That's the point there because why do we know so many, like, points about that case there you go that leaked from the Chicago department go. so that's something to be said for that i can say this um from the people that i've talked to the issue is someone in that police department allegedly had a bad feeling about 
the story. Yeah. And they put that out there on the low. Mm -hmm. So you can't attribute that to any one person, but they were comfortable enough to say that they were from the Chicago Police Department and that, you know, people had suspicions about the case. I'm no lawyer, but I think that's enough to say that this case was tainted from the beginning. Something, yeah. The whole thing just reeks of something the milk ain't clean. Yeah. And it's on all sides. Yeah. Something about Justice's story doesn't pan out to me. Like, I'm not saying that he's lying, but I'm saying that all the truth ain't being told. Yeah. And it's weird that he would go on um, Good Morning America and talk before um, they put him as... Then the, the next day yeah. is when he got is when he got arrested. It seems, we had to. it seems a little calculated. And then the other thing is that why hasn't he spoken out again? You know? Because he has a good crisis management team. He needs not say anything right now. Because this is being tried in the court of public opinion yeah. and not in the courts yet. So it's in his best interest, I think, is to stay quiet. Mm. Um, and I'm glad that he is. He shouldn't talk. Really? Because it'll all make it worse. Don't talk yet. Let more evidence come out let the trial happen although he'll probably just plead out and not go to jail anyway but I think it's in his best interest to like be quiet right now mm -hmm. but then you know think about how how many people do we know in the LGBT community that's really up there on that level that we can go to them as an authority figure and someone who can be like a real advocate he's not know? an authority of the gays but I think this could have been a power move to do that you know, maybe mm -hmm. maybe that was his um, motive. There's so many possibilities of why he would lie, but none of them make sense. Maybe he just wanted to, you know, get some clout. Maybe, but because he because his music does nothing for me. I was one of those people that I'm like, you know, let me go back to listen to his music now that he's like in the news, and I'm like, damn, wasn't that terrible? I'm the perfect sucker, <laughs> and it I was terrible. It was, I was terrible. It was pretty bad. I don't even, I don't even love his singing um, on Empire a whole lot. It sounds like he's trying to be like Michael. Yeah, I can't. Let's make our last topic some good news. What is it? So a local, so a Georgia student, Jordan Nixon, was accepted into 39 colleges and awarded $1.6 million in scholarships. What's her I, name? Her name was, I said it, Jordan Nixon. She's selfish. How is she selfish? <laughs> Why you gotta apply to all those colleges? Why not? Because now it's 39 people out there that's not getting acceptance letters because you hogging up the stuff. Now they gotta get told later that the they can get a scholarship. The lies you tell because there's waiting lists. So she's not taking any opportunities away. Uh, I guess, but I don't like that. That's selfish. You know what you sound like? Tell you me. sound like those people that like question Soldier Boy about why he got so many businesses. Oh, Let shit. the girl win. Why can't the girl win? Why can't she be an, be an exceptional student? Because she also got $1.6 million in scholarships. So clearly she's a prodigy. I think so, this bitch knew she was going to get into her top choice. And she's like, I'm going to get into these five that I really want to go to. And then I'm going to pick like 40 other ones. If too. you're going to be an overachiever, I think that's a great way to be an overachiever. <laughs> so I still commend her for whatever she did to get accepted to all those schools. And let's see where she actually goes. And I wonder if she'll go to an HBCU. I'm just hating because Harvard didn't accept my ass. <laughs> you didn't even apply to Harvard, Kamar. Because I didn't believe in myself. Whatever. Damn. I could have made it. <laughs> <laughs> but good news. I mean, shout out to you, girl. I mean, if you can do it, do it. But um, I'm hating. Yeah. So that's it's for Hot Topics. I love this episode. I love this show. And we're going to start doing We'll do this like monthly. So we'll come back sometime next month and talk about more Hot Topics. Yeah. That's it for now. Now let's talk some shit. Magic. Bow, bow. <laughs>
<laughs> this is the time for me and Kamara to air off the shit that grinds our gears. Yeah. And I'm going to start talking shit about Kamar. Whoa. Because when, I, when in doubt, I can always talk shit about Kamar. I hate that that's your go-to thing. Because you give me such fodder to talk about you, what? Kamar. What? No, I don't. You do. I do. Kamar walked into my house earlier today, swinging his hair. <laughs> it was wearing, in a ponytail. Swinging his ponytail. <laughs> Stop wearing it. shades Stop. with a fur scarf and this motherfucker had on like fur gloves. <laughs> like, I just don't have the strength. In one sense, I appreciate extra on like a I random day. <laughs> but I just get like, just get fucking over yourself. No, I would never do that. Um, I, the, the funny thing is that you say extra on a random day. You had a party recently and the attire was like, do the most. It was I, a party. It was a theme. I don't walk around every day with like, because my party, I have to, I went really all out. I had like gold leaf eyebrows. I wore, mm-hmm. I wore like eye makeup. I wore sequins. Right. I wore gold. It was about opulence. <laughs> I just saw Drag Race the other day. Opulence. Opulence. <laughs> you own everything. Um, it do was, the most was on the invitation. It was, but it was a, it was for parties. For it's for an occasion, and I'm all about you know the flair, the fufula, but Kamar. Well, to my I credit, just have to hate a little bit because I want that scarf you have. Stop. <laughs> you know what? You can wear it for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> to my credit, when your party came around, I went in a t-shirt and jeans because I was not going to give you what you wanted. I was simple that day. Bitch, I was the star of my party anyway. It didn't matter what you wore. Well, I ain't want to give you no competition now. Actually, I told people to wear, I said to people, wear what, like, wear what you would if it was your party. Yeah, yeah, because you did do that. I can't be upstaged. I'm, that face? I can't be upstaged. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you have going on? I want to talk some shit about... People who want to get a cookie for doing their damn job. I don't oh. understand. Example, do tell. Like folks that, you know, want a pat on the back for contributing to their company. This is what you get paid for. Why do you need a shout out for doing your job? I, I need you to keep doing your job. <laughs> I think that companies have to still acknowledge people for doing their jobs because yeah. it keeps morale up. Because people... Although, yes, when we if you have a job, we're hired to do a function. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're there for. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't give accolades, when you don't thank people, when you don't kind of acknowledge people's work, then it makes them feel like they're just property. It makes them just feel like they're a cog in a machine and not a valued person. Um, I agree with that part, but it's just so weird for people to um, want extra credit for doing what they're supposed to do. Extra credit, oh. You know, like, like okay, so for example, it was, um, I was talking to one of my friends and um, he's a writer and he writes for a, um, like a booking company or something like that. Mm-hmm. But his job is to write. There's other people whose job is to do um, like publicity stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the two, they cross. So mm-hmm. I can go over and use some of, the, um, some of the publicity stuff. You can come over and do some of the booking stuff or whatever. And we can collaborate and put one thing there. Mm-hmm. The thing is when people do their job, what they were gonna do anyway on the publicity side, and then you use some of their stuff on the other side, they want extra credit or a big shout out that, oh, this is my stuff, I did this. And it's like, um, bruh, you did your job. Yeah. Okay. Um, I How need about a thank you. How about a thank you? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's it. That's thank it. So um, I or think. Cool. Attaboy. Like, Attaboy. You, you want a cookie? Come on. How about you got a check? Aren't you happy? Speaking of cookies, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about the Girl Scouts. <sighs> what they do now? Them bitches got them cookies out. 
Oh. And let me tell you, they're like crack. They're like Everybody crack. says that. I don't like them. None of them? The shortbread one's okay. I go ape shit for the Samoas mm-hmm. and the lemonades. Mm-hmm. So, but only a few of the of the of the troops have the lemonades because they're fucking delicious. And you eat them, they have this delicious like lemon glaze on them. And then when you bite it, they crumble a little bit. Moving on. I wanna talk <laughs> shit. I wanna talk shit about people who think they cute. I don't know who this is for, but you ain't that cute. That's it. That's some ugly people say. <laughs> And that's our time together. We hope to not only entertain you, but to provide you with some new or different perspective about the various (laughs) topics we discuss. Join the conversation and share your thoughts on today's topic. Yes, and please look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Just give us a search on Facebook for The Heathen's Guide to Life. And on IG, it's at Heathen's Guide, no apostrophe S. Don't forget to also look us up on our brand new website, The Heathen's Guide, theheathensguide.com. And look us up on... um, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Like and subscribe. And also, leave a comment and share with your networks. All right. Tune in next week for another episode of The Heathen's Guide to Life. Bye, folks. Fuck pretty people. (laughs) 